Good morning, this is Bill Krause uh, visiting you on our regular basis here at WGNS. And with this holiday season, I could not think of a better guest to have uh, with me this morning than Scott Foster. And Scott is Mr. Journey Home, which is perhaps one of the most responsive and most effective organizations within Rutherford County that deals with the homeless. And as we all begin, and probably more than beginning, celebrating Christmas, uh, I ask Scott basically to share the insight and perception of the homeless during Christmas time, where we have joy and we have uh, family and we have friends and we have food and we have certainly the blessings of Christmas. How are the homeless of Rutherford County handling this? Scott, welcome aboard. Good morning, Bill. Uh, glad to be with you this morning and to share a little bit of, uh, about our homeless uh, community and, and what's going on in, in Murfreesboro and Rutherford County um, right now. And, uh, you know, the weather's cold. Um, certainly uh, you're dealing with the cold weather, and you may want to chat about that for a couple of moments with the shelters that are open for men and women. Uh, I'm also interested in your perception of children of the homeless. And we always think of basically somebody on the sidewalk or on the street pushing a grocery cart, but we're not necessarily even perceiving the small children who are the victims of homelessness. You're absolutely right. And, and you know, this year has been such a challenge uh, with all of the COVID-19 um, protocols and, and trying to uh, figure out how to adapt our programs to to um, accommodate our, our homeless uh, families and our, our individuals that, um, you know, it's, it's hard to shelter in place if you don't have a place to shelter in place. And I think a lot of people uh, uh, probably rarely think about that. But um, not just in having a place to be and to be safe and to belong, um, but this time of the year, it, it particularly um, hits home, like you were mentioning, when for so many of us, uh, we're celebrating. Uh, it will be different this year, uh, even for uh, the, all of us at large, um, you know, being together with family and, and uh, uh, having gatherings and things like that may look a little bit different this year. But the holidays can sometimes be um, a difficult period of time for those experiencing homelessness and uh, in many cases, uh, family relationships have been fractured um, or um, sometimes family relationships are, are at the core um, of, of how a person uh, goes through life and winds up uh, becoming uh, homeless. Um, so it's, it's, there's an emotional part of it and there's a physical part of it. Uh, and all of those things uh, tend to be things that are difficult to deal with during the holidays. Talk a moment uh, about cold nights since, you know, I think when I got up this morning, it was 23, 24 degrees, and we have the comfort of home and the comfort of a blanket and comfort of heater, but there are men and women out there or, or potentially out there in 24-degree temperature. Absolutely, and, and uh, we have adapted our program this year, um, but as you mentioned, the cold weather um, has is really playing a, a role in how we have to adapt to accommodate folks uh, that are outside. So um, normally our coldest nights program is open on the nights when the temperature is forecast to be below freezing. Uh, we want to make sure from a health and safety perspective 
uh, that folks have a warm place to be and that the elements don't contribute to uh, complications. Uh, so many of them have chronic health conditions, things like diabetes, uh, which tends to you know, have uh, circulation and circulatory issues, uh, symptoms that are related to that. And uh, so, you know, folks outside are very vulnerable to uh, to sickness and to frostbite and hypothermia and that kind of a thing. Um, so uh, this year, because the CDC and uh, the State Department of Health and uh, Department of Housing and Urban Development at the federal level have advised us to do all possible to extend seasonal shelters and to make sure we have as few unsheltered folks um, in the community as possible. Uh, we've actually uh, are opening coldest nights every night. Uh, we began back in the middle of November. Um, and, um, you know, I think to date we've already served over 200 unique uh, individuals in, in the program. And uh, we have our program for men and for women. And then additionally, we continue to work with families uh, that have children, have minor children, uh, mainly through our, our motels uh, in the area. And uh, so we provide uh, motel stays when there's no other place for them to stay and then engage them to try to work in finding permanent housing, uh, particularly with priorities for families with kids. Uh, so it, it has been different, um, you know, and with the coronavirus this year, we have had, you know, a couple of cases where people have tested positive. Uh, let me go back and say that our homeless community has been remarkably healthy, um, uh, but but we may have more asymptomatic folks in the in the homeless community um, as um, you know they possibly have very attuned uh, immune systems uh, that that may tend to fight it off very well and and they may not have as many symptoms, but we have had a couple of folks that have uh, tested positive, and so we work to try to make sure that they have a place um, that they can uh, quarantine uh, for the appropriate time and, and that it, it's not something we're, uh, we're spreading around the community uh, through our homeless community. Just as a little background, and uh, Scott is certainly, I was going to call you Mr. Homelessness, uh, but he's <laughs> probably, not probably, he is the most knowledgeable and uh, close to information about homelessness, not only in Rutherford County, but Middle Tennessee. Is the population of homelessness still about the same? It was somewhere between three and 400 in terms of previous uh, annual testing. Would you say it's still between three and 400, or has the economy uh, kicked it up? Well, um, when you talk about our sheltered and unsheltered homeless that we actually can count, uh, and we do that uh, every year on the last Monday of January, uh, we actually work to take a census of those that are in shelters or are in encampments or on the street that we know about. And um, it's going to be interesting to get those numbers this year. Um, I, I would still suspect that it is um, somewhat on par with previous years. Um, we've had low numbers in the upper 200s to high numbers of around 400 um, over those years. And, and um, you know, the one thing that we're seeing very consistently, and it's not just at the Journey Home, but in, at other uh, organizations, is that we have a lot of folks that due to loss of job or cut back in hours uh, due to the COVID-19 uh, economic uh, situation uh, are, are really behind in uh, rent. And, um, and so we are, uh, we are investing a lot of resources in keeping people housed. Uh, that's really the most cost-effective and least traumatic um, action that we can take, uh, particularly when that family has gotten new employment or the, the hours are, are picking back up now. Uh, so many in our community live paycheck to paycheck. 
And to have a disruption where you have your hours cut back for an extended period of time or you lose employment, um, it really can affect them uh, and their housing drastically. How would you describe what a homeless person is? Because I think an overwhelming majority of people do not have the concept uh, and not just a man 18 to 30 years old, but the amount of women, the amount of older people uh, who have become part of the uh, population uh, described as homelessness. From your personal and professional experience, how would you describe the homelessness in Murphy, in Rutherford County? Well, um, we've got a couple of different types of, of um, uh, or a couple of different categories that, that um, our homeless population fits in. We have those that have had some particular um, event or experience, like, for example, the loss of a job or cut back in hours or maybe a health crisis or, or you know, the transmission breaks in the car or things like that that have impacted their income. Uh, which has then caused them to uh, go into an economic spiral that, and, it, and they've lost their, their home. Um, so that's one group. And that group, we can usually provide an intervention fairly quickly. And otherwise, they have the wherewithal to, to get back on their feet uh, pretty well. Uh, the second group is, is our chronic homeless group or, or folks that have experienced homelessness uh, over a long period of time or uh, repeatedly. And in those cases, we often have folks with uh, disabling conditions. Many of them are, are on disability and have very limited income. Uh, we have folks with uh, mental, uh, serious mental health uh, issues uh, and, and often related to that, substance abuse issues, uh, fractured relationships, and, and just a lack of a support network. Uh, for those individuals and families, uh, it's, it takes more time and more intervention uh, you know, it's not simply about uh, uh, providing a house or, or finding a house. It's also about relationship. It's also about developing a plan to move forward and to basically connect all the members uh, with the other supportive services that they need to keep that housing uh, once we get them into housing. We have programs uh, where we help pay deposits and, and uh, some rent assistance and utilities and things to help people get into a place to live and then transition toward being self-sustaining. Um, and so uh, those programs are, are very effective with those that uh, have lost their home through an event or, or a certain situation, uh, but it does take more time and, and more resources to work with those who are chronically homeless. Take a moment, Scott, and bring us back to history of how you got involved personally, how Journey Home began, and how jo Journey Home has developed, and it's current, not its only its obvious role, but much of its subtle role that uh, Journey Home provides a phenomenal service to the people of Rutherford County. We started the Journey Home back in 2006, kind of late in the year in 2006, and it's it sort of what it, what it is today sort of related from a, a call that, that I felt God put on my life um, and as part of my faith journey, and uh, I was very fortunate to to um, become associated with so many other people um, whose primarily whose faith was driving them to want to make a difference for folks who were struggling. And, um, and you know, we started out uh, working with street outreach and, and having our outreach center and moved into housing uh, folks after that and a more integrated set of programs. Uh, but one of the things that I really uh, believe Journey Home uh, helps do is help bring the community together and invite them to, to become involved, 
you know, it takes everybody doing what they can do. So we have so many churches that are involved. Uh, we have helped birth other organizations, and we and we currently work with and collaborate uh, with so many uh, folks in the community. And and really, um, you know, it takes all of us working together uh, to end homelessness. And we can really do that. There really are solutions. Um, but but uh, we are just happy to to be able to work so collaboratively with the community and invite people uh, to the cause. If there was a person out there who said, gee, I'm very inspired and very impressed, Scott, how can I help? How would you have an individual make contact uh, either with Journey Home or the entire endeavor and to become an active participant, whether it's a donation or whether it's time and effort? Uh, I tell you, there are so many ways to get involved. Um, this is the season, and a lot of folks are thinking about where they invest uh, funds, and, and they're thinking about end-of-year giving and, and their tax benefits from that and what have you. Um, and it's a very important time for people to invest financially uh, in the well-being of others uh, in the community, and they can invest by uh, going to our website at uh, www.lovegodservepeople.org or by calling our office at 615-809-2644. One more time. 615-809-2644. And that website is www.lovegodservepeople.org. Also, folks can uh, become involved by by praying for our ministry. They can become involved by volunteering. Uh, We just acquired two, uh, two homes that we're rehabbing right now to add to our inventory of homes where where we work with supportive housing Um, there are uh, opportunities for regular old folks there there are opportunities for people with trade skills Uh, there are opportunities for people who have maybe lived experience uh, to come over and and work with people one-on-one at our outreach center Um, there are just many many opportunities for people to get involved do you also need volunteers for the cold patrol um, Murfreesboro Coal Patrol is doing their uh, a lot of their normal outreach uh, work, um, and that's a wonderful organization run by Amber Hampton. They're one of our partners in the Coldest Nights program, um, and and they uh, do a training uh, for volunteers, and um, and they can uh, go to MurfreesboroCoalPatrol.com and find out more information about that program. And finally, one of the most uh, rewarding things is the support and assistance by both the local government, the city governments, and the county government, uh, both from their police uh, programs as well as their funding as well as their support. Would you like to comment on both the county of Rutherford and the cities of Smyrna and Murfreesboro? Absolutely. We are uh, so blessed to live in a community that, that cares. And, uh, and that caring actually you know, stems to all the different aspects of the community. The local governments have been very supportive. Uh, Also, we are working on uh, trying to bring some resources to the northern part of our county in the Smyrna-Laverne area, uh, particularly for those who are facing crisis as it is related to COVID-19 and the economic impact of that. Um, So, uh, And we're working with uh, Shirley Key up at the Smyrna Police Department and Cherie Robertson at, at Laverne. Um, on working on trying to find, uh, figure out a way to bring that very quickly up to that part of the county. Well, thank you very, very much, Scott Foster, Journey Home, certainly part of what the Christmas holiday is all about, remembering and thinking, loving and praying for everyone, regardless of who they are and what their condition and circumstances may be. May you all have a merry, merry Christmas, and may 2021 be certainly a better year than 2020.